Welcome to From Beyond, a podcast about consciousness, metaphysics, and a wide variety of provocative spiritual topics. Cindy Riggs is an internationally renowned, universal channel, author, and spiritual consultant. Cindy has been practicing professionally since 1997, and she has a unique and fascinating perspective on spirituality. Welcome back to From Beyond. Thanks for joining me again, Jeffrey. Hey, great to be here. Thanks for having me as always. So listeners, there might be a little bit of a delay in our conversation because we are recording this on Zoom this time because we're long distance. Still excited to talk about the ego today. I want to talk about the ego because it's the only problem we'll ever have. It is the only problem we have. <laughs> Do you agree? Indeed, indeed, indeed. Uh, the other stuff is is usually bore out of our ego. And, uh, you know, the, the ego itself, and, and I know we're going to talk about it, but like, we're not mm-hmm. talking about being egotistical here. We're talking about that, that part of us that, that tends to have us places that uh, we don't necessarily need to be, but we choose to be because that uh, power of choice is something we were, we're blessed with from this human experience. Right. So if people have studied psychology, They've probably learned about the ego, the id, the super ego. We're using the ego as a blanket term to describe the dual self, the inner critic, the bully, the terrorist in in our head, as we've mentioned before. It's that other voice. It's that voice that's always against us, always trying to frighten us and always trying to prevent us from trying new things. Would you add anything to that, Jeffrey? Uh, I think the whole point about the fear basis, like if we really think, and we've said this before, if we really think about the universe and source and the messages that come from it, those are not negative. Those are not fearful type messages. So anytime you're getting one of those messages in your head, um, you know, for for those Mm -hmm. who practice Christianity, the phrase God is love, like to me, that's what we're talking about when we say, if you're getting those messages in your head and they are not from a place of love, your ego's talking to you. And that's that's a time to kind of flip that switch and, and get mm-hmm. into that mode of saying, that's who's talking to me. Right. Like the ego will try to warn you of danger all the time. It's the, it's the force behind all duality. And when I say duality, I mean positive and negative. We live in a space of duality, which is positive and negative, light and dark, good and bad, right and wrong. And um, it is it is responsible for all negative thinking. It's responsible for anxiety, fear, guilt, apprehension, competitiveness. So it was Wallace Waddles who wrote uh, The Science of Getting Rich. And he said, the ego mind is the competitive mind. That's even the part of us that says, I want what he has. Or I'm not as good as she is. You know, it's, it's all of that negative stuff. And sometimes we think it's trying to help us because it is, it's trying to protect us. But by protecting us, it means not trying anything new, no change. What would you add to that, Jeffrey? Well, and what I would say is anybody who thinks that things aren't going to change uh, probably spends a lot of time in a frustration because uh, you're trying to control stuff that's beyond your control because one constant mm-hmm. in this t- in this lifetime in this plane has certainly changed because um, as we've talked about before as well, we're here to learn and grow. We're here to create um, and without change, those things don't happen. That's right. That's right. And without duality, we wouldn't know what 
peace is. We wouldn't know what love is. We need the duality for contrast so that we grow. At least that's what I'm told by the spirit world. <laughs> that's why we're here is to evolve and grow. And we put ourselves in a space where there would be constant contrast presenting itself, or you might call that adversity. Um, but we're going to get into that. Or, or is it just what it is? This is the space we chose to live in, this plane of duality. So the ego, some have even called it the devil inside, mm -hmm. is something that a lot of people fear, yet they still choose to listen to it. We still choose <laughs> to listen to it. I know I do sometimes. Absolutely. And yet this podcast, I feel, is about more awareness of the ego awareness mm -hmm. of what what to do about it because i've had people come and get sit in my office and say i want you to remove my ego and the first time somebody said that i thought well uh <laughs> i don't know what that means uh except the, because the only way i know to shed the ego permanently is to die and so <laughs> i'm like well so i asked her higher self what you got and it said do this and it showed me a technique where I could separate it temporarily. And it is still the most powerful life-changing technique I use um, for myself and for others. Um, we're not doing an instruction on the technique here today, but we are, because beyond the technique, you still have to keep watching your thoughts and we'll get to that. But I'm hoping that people are understanding the ego. Am I missing anything, do you think? I mean, we could talk about the ego, just the ego <laughs> for hours. Yes, no question. Like, I just think it's important to separate the idea of um, what typical vernacular or typical talk is about the ego uh, versus what we're talking about here, um, your mind versus your, your true self, your higher self. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the mind versus the soul. Mm -hmm. Or as Vishnu said in the, the book that I channeled with Vishnu, higher self and lower self, or I think he said true self and lower self. Mm -hmm. So he calls the ego, the lower self. And because he calls it lower, that's an easy way to remember that it's the lower frequency part of our consciousness. Mm -hmm. Or lower chakras. If you're into that. <laughs> yep. Right. Lower chakras, which are roots, sacral and solar plexus. If you understand chakras, if you don't, you can Google it and you'll understand it in about five minutes. <laughs> yep. No question. So I think the first point is we've got to understand that we are two in one. We are these two things. Mm -hmm. Okay. So then what? <laughs> Most people don't realize they have the choice or can control the ego. Mm -hmm. And I know I didn't when I was younger, because as we talked about in our get with the program podcast, our, our society doesn't tell us that. No, absolutely not. We, we are presented with all kinds of programming and um, what society wants us to believe uh, about our purpose here and what we're to quote unquote chase or desire or those things, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. which creates those dualities. And when you have so many different inputs coming at you, um, one, I think it's really important that we learn how to uh, put our ego in check. And I, I think it's an important distinction that um, the ego is a part of you. Um, so it's not yeah. like a, a visitor you're going to kick out of the house and not invite back in. 
uh, right. as somebody that, <laughs> that it's, it's much better to uh, learn to work with, to exist with, or even uh, quote unquote be friends with um, that entity because it's not something that's going away. As you mentioned, you know, you, you've had your times with it when you were younger and I certainly have as well. I still have it. Um, at times when I get, in, yeah. get into a mode of, boy, I'd really like to have that. And the reason is just real non, <laughs> non anything, non-purposeful, but right. um, the truth right. of the matter is, is that, you know, if you learn to um, include it in your quote unquote family, uh, that's where I think the growth begins. And that's where the process can get better uh, for those moments where your ego is driving you nuts because it, it scares you to death about something. Right. And um have it as part of your family, meaning that you still have to discipline it Mm -hmm. like a bratty child. Um, I've noticed that people who have boundary issues with other people Mm -hmm. seem to also have boundary issues with their own ego. Sure. And boundaries are a big conversation in a lot of the sessions that I do. It's like, mm-hmm. how are your boundaries with this person or that person? And then also, how are your boundaries with your ego? Because it is, is it telling you, oh, you have to keep doing things that this person wants or they won't like you, you know, like <laughs> stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, don't be yourself. I'm sure you'll, you'll get really happy really fast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he said that sarcastically, y'all. I did um, say that sarcastically. Yeah. I, as I've talked right. about with you before, that, that concept of terrorists in your head. And, mm-hmm. you know, when you get in a car, uh, relegating them to the back seat because they are coming along. If, they, if you truly embrace them mm-hmm. as part of your family, you're going to put them in the back seat. You're going to strap them in that seat belt because they aren't coming up to the front. They certainly aren't touching the radio because what you're feeding your mind is in your control. It's your choice. And they certainly are not ever going to drive the car because where you're going should be your choice, not your ego's choice. Right. That, that kind of concept of understanding that like even with uh, kids um, and, and having my own two and, and having taken car rides, with them mm, times, yeah. <laughs> you know, certainly setting boundaries with them and saying, here's what is okay. And here's what's not okay. And then making sure that you follow through on those things. Um, is a choice and certainly something that you can practice and get really good at. And you certainly can suffer setbacks, i.e. don't get me pull this car off to the side of the road conversation. That's right. But, I heard that know, one. <laughs> yeah, no question. And it's, mm-hmm. it's an ongoing practice type of deal. So uh, I think it's just important to keep in mind as we talk about this today, and uh, we use our funny anecdotes and sarcasm along the way that um, <laughs> this is a practice. It is not something that you master um, and you're perfect at 100% of the time. I don't know that I've met anybody um, that has that down. And it's not that it couldn't exist. I suppose it does. But I would also question what you know kind of daily interactions that person has in order to be that kind of perfect, you know. Yeah, like we're calling this ego mastery. And I believe mastery is possible while we are human. Um, We have seen certain masters throughout the ages who were able to master some things. I think mastery is possible. It may not be probable, (laughs) but it is possible. I do think anything is possible, but you're right. It is a practice and it's something we have to be constantly aware of. We'll get into that in a a little bit, but because I, I have people who in my office will say, well, I can't meditate or I'm having trouble sleeping because my mind just keeps running. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, well, that's interesting. I wonder why you're allowing it to run because 
your mind is running because you've allowed it to run so long mm -hmm. that you're in a pattern of allowing your mind to run. And it's, it thinks, whoa, I've got to fill in the blanks. So uh, I'm just going to keep presenting new ideas. It's going to keep presenting new concepts, new fears, one thing after another to attempt to conclude something or figure something out. Or heaven forbid, there's a quiet moment, you know, <laughs> in our head. Um, I think it just thinks that it has to be doing that all the time because we've trained it that way. You know, like Wayne Dyer said, we, we teach people how to treat us, including our own mind, mm -hmm. our own ego. So people will say, but how do I know if that's my, my ego or if it's my true self? Well, <laughs> as we've already discussed, you can tell if it's something that you're worried about, concerned about, trying to figure out, overthinking, that's probably not your true self because your true self already has the answers, but that's a whole nother podcast. Yes, it is. Um, <laughs> it's trying to conclude. I think this is very important to understand that it's trying to fill in blanks. So when people say, well, he ghosted me. So that means I'm like, wait a minute. How do you know what that means? Maybe his phone died. You know, maybe something came up. Maybe there was uh, an accident or an emergency. Like you can't assume but the mind does that. It says this plus this must equal this yep. without no those. Yeah. Without that, without those facts, without the, that data, it tries to fill it in. It's just trying to conclude as quickly as possible. Mm -hmm. So we have to understand that we are, we are these two parts. And I feel like the next thing we need to understand is that we really can control our thoughts mm -hmm. because every thought is a choice. And consequently, mm -hmm. every emotion is a choice. The Buddha said um, in Buddha Speaks, the, the book I wrote with the Buddha, everything stems from thought. And he also reminds us, you cannot even experience an emotion unless you have a thought. Mm -hmm. So when people say, well, he makes me feel bad or he makes me feel angry, they're really saying, he, he said this thing, I judged it, and that made me feel bad, mm -hmm. Right. The other person mm -hmm. didn't make you feel bad. No, you chose that. No, there's no question. <laughs> right. No we question. always choose it. Yeah. But, but as soon as there's blame, it's ego. No question. That's one of those things that I've been working with my students. Um, sometimes they'd come into the office after they got into a physical altercation. And, well, they said this and it made me hit them. No, it made you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nobody making you do anything in that in that realm right there. Um, the interesting yeah. piece is, uh, you know, trying to walk through that with them, which is, you know, you are making a choice based on how you're feeling, not somebody's work. Because like I've never seen a word make somebody do anything. I don't. I mean, maybe no. I'm missing something, but <laughs> it's it's one of those deals where it's like, well, they they made me. Well, okay, I don't I don't no. see anything that's making. That happen here now let's let's, no, let's, so let's make sure that we clarify that like there are there are things in this world if somebody does they can make you do something but oh like sure yeah people's words like should not make you do something with very very rare outlier type of things so for the no, purpose but, of this podcast you know, we're talking about choices mm -hmm. right we are talking about choices <laughs> we're talking about choices now because um even though we have an ego and even though it is going to try to tell us things or scare us, we can still choose not to listen to it. 
And I know my mind was running about something uh, the other night because I had done an expo and it just decided at 3 a.m. it wanted to review everything that happened yesterday. <laughs> and after a little while, I said, you know what? That's enough. No, stop it. It's time to sleep. I'm not listening to you anymore. But, you know, it still took a few minutes before I realized what was going on. And that's because I was trying to sleep instead of listening to it. And uh, anyway, <laughs> so I like this whole find and replace uh, concept that I like to do. First, you have to figure out or notice or be aware of what your mind is doing. Notice when it's the ego, which how much of the time is it the ego? Because the true self speaks to us in knowings, mm -hmm. mostly. Mm -hmm. So if it's thinking, it's probably the ego. And mm -hmm. then say, stop. No, no ego. I choose my true self. And that will make it back off. I've experimented with this quite a bit. No mm -hmm. ego, I choose my true self. Or you could say, no ego, I choose my truth. But then what does truth mean? Not the truth about the topic, the truth, the truth of what you really are, which is not a personality and, and no thought, mm -hmm. but that's a little esoteric perhaps. So no ego, I choose my true self or no ego. I choose to listen only to my true self. Mm -hmm. I agree. And um, I would also and encourage people to, Remember the idea of if whatever it is you're thinking causes you to be afraid, a message of fear, you're probably talking mm -hmm. to your ego again. Like if something's scaring you or getting you worked up, it's probably time to say, hey, ego, you know what? I'm only listening to my true self right now. I choose only to listen to my true self because mm -hmm. this is a message of fear. I only know messages of love and off we go and, and have some grace like you were talking about. Uh, with with being up in the middle of the night, like you do have to have a little bit of grace. It's not going to be a snap and all of a sudden you're back to sleep, but being some being right. graceful with that, you know, you can mm -hmm. get where you want to be with that. No question. Mm -hmm. Right. But I think people expect that if they're not listening to their ego, that their true self's going to be talking to them in words. Mm -hmm. And that I think we need to understand is not the case. So people are so desperate for messages. They're so desperate for guidance right now. I want it now. And that's anxiety, of course. Um, <laughs> when we're in a hurry, that's anxiety. When we're yep. eager to know something in advance, that's anxiety. Our true self will reveal it when we need that information. But we're all impatient. We all want it yep. now. So if you're saying, no ego, I choose my true self. Okay, true self, what is it? That's not how it's going to work. No, not at all. And it's funny how close to the word ego, the word eager is, right? Eager. Yeah, you're right. You're right. It is. And so a lot of people get stuck on, but this is the truth. This is the reality. This mm -hmm. is the reality of my situation. This is the truth. And oh, for so many years, I've worked to help people understand it's only the reality because you believe it is. <laughs> right. If you start believing in a new reality and not focusing on that subjective reality, like if this is all you see, well, this is all the money I have, or this is the only thing I'm qualified for, then you can't tap into other possibility mm -hmm. doing that. And your ego's doing that because it's trying to keep you right there where you are safe. 
you know, being afraid. Mm -hmm. I don't have enough money or I don't have enough qualifications. I mean, it really, it boils down to that whole concept of what are you, you trying to scare yourself? You're trying to love yourself, you know, as you, as the one shirt you've got is go love yourself. Like, you know, it's really, (laughs) it's a really great concept when you get into that spot of Mm -hmm. making sure that you are reconnecting with your true self in order to get away from that ego state of mind. Mm-hmm. I'd like to quote Vishnu and Vishnu speaks uh, again when he says, your soul knows only one objective and that is growth. Yet you complicate that process with your thoughts, beliefs, concepts, stigma, and fears. Therefore you stunt your growth, both spiritual and physical. Whoa. Fascinating. We stunt stuff. our own growth with fear. Yep. <laughs> Fascinating stuff. Mm-hmm. So the Buddha also said there are two ways you can think. This is, this is where I think, I think this topic is really important. Mm-hmm. There are two ways you can think, but there are three ways you can be. So we can think positively or negatively, but we could also be neutral. Mm-hmm. Now, but the Buddha didn't say we could think in a neutral way, but I believe we can It's that being state, he says, that third choice that is most powerful, that has the most direct access to source. And source means God, source, creator. And I have to quote now uh, the Daily Stoic when, I don't remember which day it was, it said, practice having no opinion. Mm -hmm. And I've said that to a few people since, since I read that, and they just stopped dead in their tracks and they're like, what? They didn't realize they could choose neither positive or negative about a person, place, or thing. They mm-hmm. didn't know they could choose to have no opinion about mm-hmm. politics or about whatever is going on. Mm-hmm. And it's freedom, total freedom when we're in that space. You've experienced that. Oh, absolutely. Like it is, it is true joy to just allow things to be. And I, I think it's for us who live in duality, it is it is a beautiful moment when you go, you know what? Don't have an opinion about that. I choose yeah. not to have an opinion oh. about that. Now, if you're standing it's, with somebody who's sitting in duality, that, that really freaks them out at times. Like, well, it what? It does. That doesn't piss you off or that doesn't excite <laughs> you to death? Like, no, right. not really, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah, I know. I was with two people who were having a political conversation once and I was just sitting there and he looked at me and he said, how, how can you be so neutral? I said, because it's totally peaceful. <laughs> and um, talking about it isn't going to change anything. Uh, um, so I'd rather just have no opinion. Yeah. Yeah. It's totally. That's why I wonder if moving to Switzerland. Yeah. That's why I wonder if moving to Switzerland might be a really good option in that case. Right. <laughs> moving to Switzerland <laughs> for total yeah, peace. Yeah, neutrality is the way to go, right? Neutrality, yeah, right. Um, logistics, but okay. Yeah, no question. But <laughs> Did you it come is up with interesting. That with your mind, or <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. My, yeah. <laughs> Instead of being off some tropical beach, dude, I'm in Switzerland. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> but it is fascinating to be in a duality conversation, and I don't care if it's mm-hmm. politics or sports, you're in a room with two people rooting for two different teams and watching a ball game on the TV. Like an answer I give, um, having, having coached football in my past, 
Um, mm-hmm. People are like, well, who are you rooting for? And when I look at them, I'm like, I just would like to see good football. They, so I'm mm-hmm. like, what's wrong with you? And I'm like, I, I really don't care to get upset if a team <laughs> if a team wins or loses. Like that right. doesn't that doesn't do well with me. Like when I was 12 years old and watching a certain team, like it would ruin my day if they lost, especially to another specific team. And I'm like, that's really silly. Cool stuff for a 12 year old, but not so much for an adult. And like, so yeah. take out that concept, put in politics, put in religion, put in you know all those things that get uh-huh. people fired up. You know, it's right. like I don't choose that. Like. It, it, it's almost more entertaining to watch you guys, you know, go at it. Than it's just to be right. I know because, deal. yeah, because they're like expending all their energy mm-hmm. for what? Something they can't control. <laughs> yeah, and they look at you sideways when you say, do you enjoy being pissed off? I mean, is that fun for you? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, and yet they might, they Maybe. might enjoy it because it's mm-hmm. adrenaline. It's the same chemical that we feel when we're really excited and happy. Yeah. So they might, they might feel that power. Oh, feels, feels powerful to be upset. But um, yeah, I, I love that statement. I just want to see good football. You just want to see good plays. <laughs> well, I think, I think it also goes back to your, your comment about the busy mind. Um, mm-hmm. You know, when we are still and at peace and, I'll say it this way. If you're unable to sit in silence by yourself, like you're wondering what you should be doing and you can feel your heart rate elevated, that kind of stuff. It's similar to that person that enjoys being, I, I call it being in drama. Like it, it, yes, it's they're almost, addicted. yeah, they're addicted. And it's almost too scary not to be involved in that yeah. kind of stuff. Yes. They got to seek right. it out. And it's like, you know, you have a choice not to be pissed off all the time. You have a choice not to be seeking out these situations that you're you're sticking your nose in other people's stuff, and all it does is create oh more more ill will and bad feelings. You know, it's just it's fascinating to me because it is a choice, and you know, mm-hmm. people will say, "Well, I don't feel like I have a choice." Mm, disagree. You know, <laughs> all you have to do is step out of it and say, "I'm not participating in this anymore," and watch the thing kind of die down, or a person go off and and seek somebody else to argue with, type of thing. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, it's just a pattern of behavior. Mm-hmm. It's an addiction in the brain, but we can break mm-hmm. any addiction. We know that. Yes. Mm-hmm. We know that's we possible. Can. So no now we know that we are two parts, ego and true self. Mm-hmm. We now, maybe somebody heard it for the first time. <laughs> you can control mm-hmm. your thoughts yep. uh, because they're all choices. And then mm-hmm. the third thing is practicing controlling every choice of thought. That's the path to mastery. But that mm-hmm. doesn't, like you said, it doesn't happen overnight. I've been practicing for 27 years since I learned these concepts. <laughs> still mm-hmm. practicing, still every mm-hmm. day. Uh, stop. No, I choose my true self. Or no, I'm not listening to you. I choose truth. And then I have other affirmations such as no ego. Everything always works out perfectly for me. And that might sound cheesy. And I've had people say, I don't think you should say that. I'm like, um, why not? Because the more my brain hears it, the more it believes it's true. And then that's the, that's the uh, command that goes out into the universe and makes it so. I mean, that's the law of attraction. And we're not going to get into that today, but it's really important to understand. Well, it's also connected to that point of neutrality that you accept yes. what happens. And you know that I love the phrase yeah. of Morfati, the love of fate, love what happens, the, the Stoics yes. 
uh, famous for that particular item. Amor Fati, that's Latin. It is. And Mm -hmm. I love the concept of non-attachment, which I think is also Mm -hmm. that neutrality. So when you say everything works out perfectly for me, I really see that as an acceptance statement of, you know what, stuff's going to happen. It's And going back to E plus R equals O, it's how I react to it that's going to determine that outcome because, you know, I can be ticked off that it's foggy out and it's going to take me an extra 15 minutes to get to work. Or I can say, you know what, I've got 15 more minutes to do X or do Y and make that a gift of time rather than, holy crap, you know, now I'm pissed off because I'm driving and I'm going to be 15 minutes late. Like you can't control the fog and you can't control how other people drive. And rather than Mm -hmm. making it an ego thing and having expectations that are unreasonable or trying to control the behaviors of others, like everything works out perfectly for me is a beautiful way to recognize that third state of being of neutrality. Mm -hmm. Right. And I'm commanding that that be so, because whatever Mm -hmm. we think we are commanding into reality. And so when people think I don't have any money, I don't have any money. I don't have any money. You're commanding that into reality. The universe Mm -hmm. isn't saying that's not true. Here's some money. (laughs) It's saying, Oh, you want no money. That's what we're going to give you. We're going to keep maintaining what you believe because mm-hmm. with our free will, we get to choose our experience here. Mm-hmm. So that is super important. And people are like, well, but that's going to be hard. Well, if that's your belief, then there's another step you gotta <laughs> overcome <laughs> before you can, you know, work on this uh, mastery, this path to mastery. No question. And I think the, I think the Buddha said it nicely every day you work to rise above the dual part of yourself or the shadow part of yourself every day he said it is there it is meant to be there that is part of this experience but inner peace is achievable oh that's that's the growth piece we've been talking about right we're here to learn right and what what better challenge than to find a way to operate in that duality and like I said, I, mm-hmm. I, I don't feel perfect at it. And I know there are, are elite, elite examples of, of individuals who have transcended this plane and, and mastered that ability to uh, be Switzerland in their thinking. Um, mm-hmm. I would love to achieve it at some point, but at the same well, time, I'm, I'm giving myself that grace to, you know, if I get lost in something for a minute and get a little ticked off, you know, okay, now I just got to get back to it and continue to learn. Right. And I don't think, I mean, we do it piece by piece. So Mm -hmm. you have mastered it here and there. And so have I, and so have many Mm -hmm. people, but then we, we drop back into old patterns because we're surrounded by other minds that we're connected to, you know, there's a lot of influence here toward Mm -hmm. the duality Mm -hmm. and that's how it's supposed to be. But when people say, I want spiritual awareness, well, step one is, be aware of what you're thinking. That's, that's awareness. <laughs> I mean, that's no how question. to grow spiritually is be aware of what you're thinking. And then also be aware that you can change your point of view at any moment, mm-hmm. at any moment with any situation, there's mm-hmm. always an, at least one more point of view that we can mm-hmm. choose. So I wonder if someone from the spirit world might want to contribute to this conversation. Or do you think we've said it all? (laughs) (laughs) 
that's a good question. Like I'm, I'm always open to a good conversation from the spiritual world, but you know, I think we've also done a pretty good job. Yeah. I mean, this is what I wanted to cover. Let's see if anybody, um, let me see who is coming in here. Oh, well, it's Vishnu. <laughs> is it just because well, I mentioned your name? <laughs> what? Yeah. Vishnu or Buddha, like we didn't want to be in on this. I'd be stunned. Right. Right. <laughs> It's Vishnu, and I thought, well, I've, I've been mentioning both of their names. Definitely just Vishnu. Now, Vishnu is a Hindu god. He is one of the trinity of creator gods of all of Hinduism. And I didn't know that when I first met him. I just met him and said, okay, I'll channel you. You're interesting. And then I looked him up and was astounded. I was also astounded at what his energy felt like that mm. first time. I am Vishnu, God of gods. How may I assist your conversation further? Well, and I appreciate you saying that because uh, we certainly hope you have been following along in our conversation because uh, I'm, I'm confident that you have plenty to, to offer to this. Um, I would ask an evaluative um, question to start. How do you think humans are doing in terms of growth because I, I know that's what we're here for and we're talking about the the goal of mating neutrality in the duality world how do you think humans are doing in terms of their growth many are doing better than was expected in this experiment of planet earth however they do fall back especially when something seems to be too traumatic or too intense or out of their control. So there are people who begin to gain control over their own mind and their environment. However, then when something impacts them from the outside that was unexpected, they, they lose some of that control. But overall, we of the spirit world see that humanity is, is evolving and is doing... Mm, well, a better job than ever of controlling their thoughts because more information is available regarding how powerful each choice of thought is. That makes sense. So overall, the majority is evolving. You will still have the, the contrast because you will still need people who are victims. You will still need people who are depressed. You will still need people who are violent and terribly unhappy that makes a ton of sense because we do live in a world of duality and you would not grow if you had not that contrast you would not be motivated you see you would not be motivated to be any better but when you see oh, that something makes... that is better or someone that is better and even when i say better i'm speaking from duality because better comes from better or worse you see mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but when you see something that seems more peaceful that seems more content then you are motivated to move toward that and the the key to moving toward that is controlling your thinking so we talked quite a bit before you joined us about the term mastery how would how would you go about defining mastery for us? You know, we, we have 
in the dual plane, obviously, what we believe sure. mastery is. What what does what does the source say about mastery in this case of one's thoughts? So mastery in the dual plane is different than mastery in the spiritual plane, because mastery in the dual plane is in a space of imperfectness. So it is impossible to be completely a master while in a human form. Although 99% could be very, very exhilarating. (laughs) Mm. So there is always going to be something that is imperfect. The body is imperfect. The organs are imperfect. The life is short, as you say. It is temporary. So mastery defined from the, the duality point of view would be being ever aware, constantly aware of every thought, every choice, every action, every decision, every point of view, and choosing, choosing what you choose. Now, there is mastery in victimhood, you see. Mm. One can master being a victim. And, and because they are ever diligent with their beliefs and thoughts about being a victim. <laughs> mm-hmm. So mastery is just being constantly in that state of awareness that is chosen. Mastery in the spiritual plane, of course, means that there are no more lifetimes required to learn or to evolve. The evolution has taken place. The enlightenment has occurred. That makes a ton of sense. So when we're talking about in in this conversation that I know you heard earlier, we we talk about the ego as the voice inside our head and a number of different nicknames for it. What do you see the purpose of our ego, that voice, um, is for us in this plane? What, What is its purpose? Oh, it has many purposes. Safety, of course, protection. Another purpose is, and when I say safety and protection, that is safety and protection of the body. Another purpose is entertainment. Its purpose is to trigger the fight or flight mechanism if needed in general. That's how I would define its purpose. And then, of course, presenting contrast in order to motivate you to grow and evolve which is what of course your true self is here to do so it puts you or it can lead you to situations that are difficult so that you can continue to learn to or practice to rise above them rising above means being in a state of accepting and knowing does rising above make sense to most humans Rising above the adversity or the pain or the fear and choosing to trust the love frequency, choosing to trust the truth. This is what rising above means, or as you have mentioned, operating from the upper chakras, where you choose to perceive things from a space of love and divine order. 
because it is impossible to look at everything with love sometimes. But if you understand that there is a divine purpose for everything, then it's easier. Does this make sense? It does. And I think it begets the question going back to the ego. Um, if everything is divine order, is it reasonable to say that what the ego is doing is part of the learning process? It is. And it is also part of the creation process of the divine order. Hmm. Confusing. <laughs> it is, but <laughs> that is, that is certainly something that fits into the idea of growth and finding one's way to interpret that and utilize it. Because one of the things I, I think the people who are going to listen to this are going to ask, because we, we talked about what it means to have a conversation with your ego, especially in those moments where it's got you um, anxious, upset, excited, angry, uh, etc. What would you say about having a conversation with your ego in one of those moments? First, I would say, how do you handle a bully? Do you handle them by ignoring them? Do you handle them by ignoring them and creating some kind of boundary? Or do you allow them to bully you? The same thing is happening in the mind. Does that answer the question? Yes. And what I would say is that having worked in specific environments in this plane, that all of those things can work depending on the bully. But then when I think about the conversation we're having, it is part of the creative and the learning process of taking different situations and learning how to problem solve them. Uh, because Indeed. there are some bullies that if you ignore them, they do go away because they got to go find somebody else to pick on. But mm -hmm. for some, it, it causes them to increase their efforts to upset you or intimidate you or, or cause you to be fearful. So um, yes, it does make sense. And, but at the same time, like I said, I would place it as part of the growth of learning how yes. to talk to your ego, or in this case, you know, learning how to talk to somebody who's bullying you. Because as soon as the bully knows they have upset you, they know that the door is open. They know that they can continue to intimidate. But so what, there are many other tactics. There are many other responses you could have mm -hmm. other than being intimidated. Mm -hmm. Children don't know this yet, but adults <laughs> do mm -hmm. or ought to or can because the information mm -hmm. is everywhere. Mm -hmm. And you have access to information like never before. Mm -hmm. And so it will be the choice of each individual. What is the priority? Is the priority making a lot of money? Is the priority having notoriety? Is the priority having a family? What is the priority? And is that priority coming from your mind or from your true self? That is the question to ask oneself. So and where does this priority originate? Which is the, the question I would ask, which is how, how do we help people to understand that whole pause? Is this a message of love or is this a message of fear? And then how to either work towards the positive or in, in the 
I don't want to say better case, but in, a, in another perspective, finding that neutral spot. How would we go about helping people to do that? Just continue to tell them that it's possible. Continue to instruct them that they too can do it. Continue to spread the word. Then it is up to them to choose it. Mm. You can't make them do it. You can write a million books. You can create a million podcasts. You can put out videos and learning platforms, but they must, they must choose it themselves. So you just keep with repetition. One of the best ways that people learn, you just keep reminding them of these truths and reminding them of how powerful they are, reminding them of the power of their free will mind. But you cannot choose confidence for them. You cannot make them trust themselves. You cannot make them have blind faith knowing that the true self will reveal what is needed at the right time. For first, they need to address the anxiety and where it is coming from, what its motivations are. And who are they listening to? Other people? Other people always have another opinion. Or are they listening to that still voice inside that doesn't speak in words, but speaks in feelings and knowings and ideas that just pop in, in that inspire and that direct. And that's it. And I have been speaking of these things for a long, long time. And I will continue to through this one and others. Yeah, that makes sense. And, and it's funny because we, as uh, the voice of things that have been around a long time from, from wonderful entities like yourself, uh, we sometimes get a little lost and we need to remember that we can only provide opportunity that making the decision is up to the individual because quote unquote, we can't make anybody do anything, right? <laughs> Indeed. And no one can make you do anything. And so what we see is that your world, your country in particular, is obsessed with new things. Mm. And so that's why all of the same information just keeps being written and spoken in new ways from new voices. Mm. But there is never going to be any new information. Mm. So trust that which has always been and will always be your truth. It's already inside you. It already has all of the answers and all of the solutions. It always has and it always will. And the only thing that blocks those messages from coming forth is the mind. Great reminder. God of God. Great reminder. Thank you. Thank you, Vishnu. I guess he thought he was done. <laughs> I guess he did. <laughs> yeah. that, that, was, that was akin to a mic drop wasn't it that was pretty amazing it was. but it, it was. it's all true like it's really funny we, we spend we spend time talking about this stuff and um he walks in and mic drops us that's awesome yeah <laughs> no microphones in his time well no. i don't believe he was ever human but uh right. no microphones in ancient times but he can certainly mic drop now yeah, no question, no question. Well, I hope that's helpful, listeners. I hope that's helpful for you to ponder mm -hmm. and to practice. Thank you, Jeffrey, as always, for joining me. 
Always an honor and a privilege. Always, always, always. We'll see you all next time. Thank you, and thank yourself for taking the time to entertain some new spiritual concepts today. I hope it has been interesting and or helpful. You can find Cindy's channel books on Amazon. Kindle versions also available. And visit my website, cindyriggs.com.